always have an issue. What you finna do? What you finna do? What you what you finna do? What you finna do? Hi guys, it's your girl Natasha, and we are back with another podcast. This time, we are back at our favorite place, Samsung 837, where technology and culture collide. Y'all, it's my favorite place. It's beautiful. It's three stories, has a huge screen that you can take pictures and your selfie goes up on the screen. It's effing amazing. And they send it to you so you can post on Instagram and you can feel really famous and important. Love it. Um, This is a virtual reality place. All kinds of fun stuff here. And they allow us to come into this beautiful technology playground to film and to record this podcast. So listen up. I got a good one for you today. Hi, guys. It's Natasha. I'm back with another podcast and with another special guest that I love. I've known her for a little while. We've run into each other. (laughs) We've run into each other here and there. And she's always, of course, been my style inspiration. Of course, everyone's style inspiration. Duh. And she's been in this game for, I mean, I feel like you're coming up on 25 years, right? Ooh, maybe, right? 99, 97. Ooh. So close to 97. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So we are about to get. It feels like 100. (laughs) (laughs) So we're about to get into it. How she went from intern to, I mean, like basically being it. I don't even know what to call you. Like just being (laughs) It, the it that's girl. Gonna be, that's going to be my title on my card. It. I'm it. <laughs> I'm just that ish. So if you haven't figured it out by now, we are with the style queen herself, Miss June Ambrose. Hi. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, darling, for having me. I need tea. I need tea. No, my voice is... <laughs> my, the reason why my voice sounds like Caitlyn Jenner is because I don't Stop. sleep. I do not sleep. <laughs> Sleeping's for mortals. You really don't sleep. I am sleep. not mortal. I was actually... Mortal. That was like my first question yeah. is out the gate is outside of all the 50 million things you do mm-hmm. how do you do it? just we'll even get into all the things she does but just tell me how mm-hmm. I talked about this with Lala I talked about this with you know every woman that inspires me to be all things how on earth do you do it with a husband and kids and a career yeah no I ask myself that every day um <laughs> you know I pace myself for me it's you know it's not a marathon it's a sprint mm-hmm. so I you know, in my head, there's a laundry list and what I don't get done today, I put off till tomorrow. But I also, I'm not afraid to ask for help and I'm not afraid to, you know, the things that I simply don't have in my power to get done in a day, I'm, I will delegate them. I mean, that's just the best way to t- for time management. And when you're the CEO of your life, you have to think about, you know, running your home like you would your career mm-hmm. and with just a lot more love. Well, the same amount of love, actually, and passion. Yeah. So because I want everyone to feel like they are getting a little piece of me or no one's being left out. Right. I'm like, OK, so this is how I'm going to designate for me because I come first. And I know right. that's like taboo. But I, I like to remind people that it's OK to say you come first. Right. Because in order to take care of others, you have to take care of yourself. That's so. that's new. I love my me time. I love remembering what are you doing when your I was me single. time. I, I meditate. Yeah. I think about what I'm going to put on. 
on. I think about what co- lip color I want to do. I think yeah. about like the thing, the things that I want to experience in that day. Yeah. How I want to feel. If I want to, if I'm feeling sassy or sexy yeah. or girly or devilish or you know, like Ooh. I want to, I want to, I think about all those things before I put clothes on. Oh. And I think that's what people. That's that missing you dress piece according people, to mood. Yeah, it's a yeah. feeling. It's an instinct. It's you know, weather obviously takes. You know, changes and get those little curveball here and there. But I think that when people think about their personal style, if they think about the where, when, and why, and then add some emotion into it, it becomes less daunting of a task. That's it, because I'm still a little overwhelmed by it all. But it's it's, it's here's the thing: it's a journey, and I, I I Instagram this today. I talked about how style is born. It's you know we evolve into it. I love. Who I've become. I look back at where I was, you know, visually. And I love who I've become. I love who I'm becoming. I'm still navigating my way through my, I think, my personal style because I'm such a chameleon and I'm always under construction and I'm always evolving. My style does change. But I think at the end of the day, you become iconic for something, right? There's a, even though my style has evolved, people know me for a punctuation. They know it's either going to be a turban or a, a, a high lid or way. big glasses. It's something that's like very statement, whether, you know, June's wearing a season of like metallics, you know, but that's just my conversation. Mm. And I think that people need to think about style in that way. It is a conversation tool. Hmm. I didn't think the of law it like of that. attraction. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you have like a perfect body and that you're beautiful. No, perfect is what you say it is, right? <laughs> so that's I love that you can, as another woman telling another, because we really dress for women to compliment us at the that's end of the day. True too. Let truth be told. Yeah. I mean, you know, guys think it's for them, but you know, uh, it's really <laughs> no, it really is. If a girl gives me a compliment, to me, it's it's, be- a it's lot better, more right? Giggly, yeah. than a strange man telling me that I look Apps. hot. <laughs> I feel this. If I'm like out and about, like in a lounge somewhere, especially if you feel like a little self-conscious and like the waitress or somebody yeah. walking past you is like, by the way, you're beautiful. Right? I am. Just to die. Oh my right? God, like, like I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm like, am I like, straight? I don't know what's darling, happening. Right, right. You get moist. <laughs> That's more of a turn on. It's me. a turn on. Yeah. It's a complete turn on. I love telling a girl that she is sexy in a pair of ballet flats. Oh my God, You know, because yes. the added, you know, it's all about like, to me, it's taking things out of context uh-huh. and like you and it's about the emotion. And, you know, a garment doesn't make you feel you make that garment feel mm-hmm. you give it a voice It's mute without without you and your personality and that that thing that you bring to it. So, you know, a girl walking on her tippy toes in her boyfriend's boxers. Tell me that's never been sexy oh, to that. anyone, a man or a woman watching it. Right. Mm. So. So have you ever, oh, by the way, June is, I mean, I, don't, I feel like I don't even have to introduce you, but I mean, you've done the style game, literally done it and pretty much reinvented it um, for, especially for black Hollywood, but in Hollywood in general. Mm. Um, and so you started your career. And a lot of our pop icons, hip hop icons now are very, they're in Hollywood. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, when I say Hollywood, you know me, I'm talking about. I love that you refer to Hollywood as globally because I feel like it's such uh, the the name is a brand, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a place anymore. No, it's you know to me Hollywood is a culture. It's it's a culture. The big picture. It's Joan Crawford meets Joan Rivers meets Joan (laughs) Joan Collins. Right. You know Diana Ross. It's kind of like the slap in the face. All of it. You know, it's and all you were that. you were an icon when it came to, of course, starting in more of the hip hop world. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, hip hop has permeated every little piece mm-hmm. of Hollywood, and you you had your fingerprint on all of that, from Missy to Jay to all these people. So yeah. tell us, how did you go from 
we're going to talk about how you went from intern to where you are now. Okay. But what's the very, like, who's the very first celeb you styled and what was, what was that time like? Like what, what, what was the craziness you went through? How did you even get that internship? What was the beginning for June? Mm, that's a, that's a loaded potato question. I love <laughs> it because I mean, I tell it, I've told the story before, but I think every time I tell the story, I remember something. Oh, good. Little things, little nuances mm-hmm. that I experienced. And I think I'm becoming, I have more sense memories as I, as I grow younger in years. I never say I'm growing old, I always say I'm growing young. Because mm-hmm. it reminds me as I climb that ladder about my childhood more, I'm getting closer and closer to remembering things of when I was young, which is a really interesting, very Benjamin Button way of, of going through life. And it's very fascinating for me to discover that and feel that experience. But you're, you're from the new. islands? I'm from the Caribbean, yeah. from Antigua. But were you born there? No, I was born there, yeah. I was oh, born okay. here, but raised in the Bronx, New York. Ah, okay. So I came to America when I was three years old. Okay. So yeah, I am Antiguan born. Mm-hmm. I'm, my mother still has an accent. Yeah. I'm a West Indian girl. But I was raised in the Bronx. But okay. I think when you're raised in, no matter what neighborhood you're raised in, if it's by a parent who is from that part of any part of the region, you're going to be raised the way that culture knows right. to rear children. Right. The end. Um, Very much so. So, you know, as much as I may have an American accent, I'm st- I was still raised with British West Indian, um, you know, light philosophy. So, and you know, and one of those philosophies were that you work hard. You come to this country as an immigrant, and you are afforded a lot of opportunity. And life is different because in the Caribbean, you know, your wealth is measured differently from your wealth here in America. When we were in the Caribbean, you know, we had a store and it was like this is a third world country. Mm-hmm. But still, you still you had help. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, the, just the, the way of life because mm-hmm. uh, the way the economy is set up, you never felt poor in a sense. Right. So you come to America and you don't have you don't have a nanny. You don't have right. servants. You don't have, you know, you don't have your own You're store. You're literally starting it, from the bottom. Yeah, you don't have your own business. Right. You, you look for a job, right? So the entrepreneurial thing kind of goes away when you come to America. But in remembering the spirit in which I was raised was from an entrepreneurial parent. My mom, when she was in the Caribbean, was an entrepreneur. When we came to America, she got a job. I found that life, again, after working corporate America, right. realizing it right. was not for me. And a... a a former classmate from high school went on and got a job at a record company, and he was the one that gave me my internship, Who who's now no longer with us. He passed away, but he gave me my internship at Uptown MCA Records. And this was a time when uh, Dre, uh, Andre Harrell was just making Puffy and A&R, so it was the very mm-hmm. beginning time of early Jodeci, early Mary, early, you know, that the beginning of uh, Bad Boy wasn't even around. Yeah, there yeah. was no Bad Boy. They were just being created. And my first artist was not a celebrity. These were, we were, we were artists developing new, young, fresh talent. So we couldn't say that they were stars. Right. We had to be the stars to sell the story of what stars are. I think, you know, Puffy's been a star from inception. Right. You know, in terms of his charisma and his ideas and his thoughts, you know, you know, here's this kid from Mount Vernon looking at Colecciones magazines, and we both had that in common, that we loved European runaway culture. We loved, you know, so it was it was instinct. For him, it was an instinct that he was like, I'm supposed to be bigger than, you know, what anyone could ever say I right. am. And I had the same 
Ed, Edith Head, big glasses, Edna from The Incredibles kind of idea <laughs> and philosophy. Here I am, this five foot two woman coming into a male dominant industry and raising my hand for an opportunity and, you know, right place, right time. But listen, people will give you an opportunity, but your skill set is what will sustain oh, yeah. you. And, you know, people say right place, right time. And, oh, you were so lucky. No, not lucky, blessed. But I worked for it. I yeah. had to prove that I was able, that I belong there. And no one's going to continue to give you anything if you're not good. And you are prepared, and that's something that you get, we always you, you get talk prepared. about. You get prepared. Like, you know, when you're not, like, people get pregnant, and they're like, oh, I'm not ready to have a baby. You have nine months to figure <laughs> it out. And I always had my, I didn't have nine months, but I right. had, you know, I had a lifetime to figure it out, for mm-hmm. one. But I had a week. I had to think quick on my toes. I had to walk into situations and know when I needed to fix something that had nothing to do with me. You know, you walk into you know, into a meeting or a room, you're meeting with management, you're meeting with the label, you're meeting with an artist who is just completely afraid. It's like coming up for air out of mm-hmm. water from, un, you know, from a, you're in a studio, you're working on an album, and now you got to turn over your likeness and image mm-hmm. to someone to else. Someone. It's just yeah. really too much for you to fathom. Early artists really needed help to be molded. The new generation of artists, they have so much access mm-hmm. that the, the mindset is different. But make no mistake, in the 90s, in the beginning of that culture, when we were changing the culture, the face of the culture, there was no book. There right. was no blueprint. We were creating it. Right. You know, we were mapping it all out and we were saying, we want MTV to play our music. We want VH1 to play our music because they weren't playing black right. music. It wasn't a given back then. Right. You, you know, like now the, the, the privileges that artists are afforded, even though they might not see it to be that way, because you can do your own PSAs and you can make you can have your own platform. You can put out your own records chance and be very successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't they didn't have that. Right. So. Right. The nature of the business was very orchestrated, produced, and it, we, we were organized as a community. Right. You know, we collectively got together creatively. We really made magic happen. And who came to you and said, or maybe not even came to you, but came, because I was reading, I think <clears> that it was like a meeting that happened and somebody's like, oh, we need a stylist. Um, who, who can do that? And you were like, uh, me, maybe. And you had no experience in that, but no you're like, experience. you know what? I feel like I can do it. And we talk about this on this podcast all the time about you know, I have is- issues with interns and this is why I don't really hire interns, <laughs> but because I feel like back then and even when I had my first internships, I feel like it's just a different situation. It's just a different feel. Yeah. We worked to get that internship. If you had to lie, then you lie, but you better be able to back it up and be prepared when opportunity comes, have preparation mm-hmm. already there to meet it. But you and- also were an educated woman, right? That's so true. Make no mistake that people think because you're in fashion that you don't need some level of education. Oh, no. you. And mm. I think that when you are in a position where you have to write a letter, a cover mm-hmm. letter, or you have to communicate with someone who is educated, um, that you will find yourself feeling a little bit handicapped. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to surround yourself around people that are smarter than you always. Yes, always. And you challenge yourself and you do things that scare the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, too. Um, but you say something that's very important. You know, the internship is... You know, it's like leading a horse to water, but, yes. you, you know, like... You got to figure no out a drink. Yeah, you got to figure out when to stick that tongue out and mm-hmm. get what you need. I, I, I think that... So th- my situation was I, had, I didn't realize that I was capable of what they wanted, right. the record company. I knew that I understood costume design because when I was in high school, I was a theater major. Oh. So when I didn't get the role in any of the... the in, in the in the big 
year and dramatic pieces, mm -hmm. I became the costume designer for oh, those pieces. Oh, I love that. So I did theater, and I, I didn't realize that this was something that, you know, I was designing doll dresses for my grandmother's curtains when I was in, I was producing fashion shows in elementary school and junior high school, and I was always in fashion, not really recognizing that it was a career. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that that was even possible. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. It was fun, right? So I just didn't put it together. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I was in a position where someone said, I have this artist. He's a, it was a single record deal. He needs a stylist. And I was like... Okay, so I, I said, explain to me. I said to the manager, explain to me what you, you know, what you, what, what that means, what he saw it to be. I, I had an idea in my head. Um, he said, well, I really need someone to, to get him a look for this music video, and mm -hmm. we're going to shoot some pictures of him. But back then, it was like we have two looks in the music video. We're shooting an <laughs> album cover or a single cover. You got, I need one look. Uh huh. So in my head, I'm thinking my first job. I'm like, okay, you need three, you know, three looks. Whatever. I'm going to bring three looks. <laughs> no, right. never worked with this person before. You need multiple looks to multiple get to one options. and two and three looks. So that was the lessons that I, you know, the manager gave me. He said, "Well, listen, do me a favor." He said, well, "Show who me was this person." By the way, this guy's name was um, Darren Chandler. Darren Chandler was Damon Dash's cousin. Ah, and he, they were all in the business and they okay. were managing artists and stuff like that. And he gave me. My first styling job. Oh, okay. Billy Woodruff was the director. Mm -hmm. Angela Ellaby was the diva publicist. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is like back in the day when like Write On Magazine yes. and What's Up and all those magazines were like our teen vogues yes. and stuff like that, right? Yes, like those, those are like instant, like with the pull out posters, yes, you were hanging up on the put, wall. Yes. And you wanted to style someone to get a poster. Mm -hmm. That was like your goal back then, right? Because your videos won't be played on Video Music Box. Am I, I'm, the going, box. I'm going back. Yes. So if you're in your like late 30s, 40s, you get this conversation. I'm in my early 30s. Yeah. Just but FYI. She does her research. <laughs> she does her research. She's, but I do. You know, I was very young when it was all out, but I yeah, loved so like, it. Yeah, if you were in your early 30s, you, you, yeah, you, you still know, right? Definitely. Yeah, okay. But definitely not in your 20s, you didn't know. Probably not. Yeah, no, if you were 20 I was like something, eight you or nine, know. so yeah, you probably not. Know. Yeah, the, the millennials, I mean, the millennials don't even We're know who Missy the, Elliott like, is. They don't even know who Missy Elliott is. At the top 18 year old doesn't know who Mil exactly. Missy Elliott is. And this so won't even come It's like, not offensive, nope. it's just fact. Mm -hmm. I'm not a millennial, it's, nope. It's just what it is. I mean, it's not, you know. They don't know anything. Well, they're, they're going to have, they're going to learn. They have a lot of great references, though, mm -hmm. that I feel, that I feel. They don't pay attention, child. Well, they, they're going to start. <laughs> they're going to start because they're going to realize we all went to the library. Yes. You know, and they're going to start to really go back and do their research. Right. I mean, there are plenty of high school and college kids that are like, oh, my God, I discovered you in Google. So that makes me feel. <laughs> That's cool. That makes me At feel. At least I like, try. Yeah. I, that, well, it it makes me feel like my life didn't my life won't be erased yeah. because of the work that I right. did. Then is not, maybe not relevant now. Right. It, it, it will always be relevant as long as it's something that has been documented mm -hmm. as life changing or game changing. So mm. I can sleep at night knowing that. Oh, definitely. Right. Absolutely. So it's not. Su it's not such a bad thing. And I always said that to artists that are trying to reinvent themselves to come back. Now I'm like, you're cemented. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere. Right. It's how you re-enter the atmosphere is what matters. Right. Because you 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 were to the moon. Right, this is a great it. way of not making someone feel like a dog who's been left 
you yeah. know, on the streets to die. No, it's, come on, how many artists we know that have been around for decades that are still relevant, i.e. Tina Turner, yeah. i.e., I mean, come on, we can go through the list. Madonna, you know, mm-hmm. we might not be buying a Madonna record right now, but for, <laughs> she's iconic. Right. Michael Jackson, if he didn't, if his life didn't end, iconic, yeah. would still be relevant I agree. to this day. So there is no such thing as being, if, you're, if your career is over, it's because you gave up. That's true. You hmm. said, okay, I just don't know how to move on from here. Right. That's on you. Mm. That's a word, y'all. <laughs> so so you were styling this Chandler, Darren Chandler? No, no, no. He was the manager. Oh, the, the, he was the, the manager. artist's name was DJ Quashon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder if you Google that, if that'll even come right. up. I'm going to have to Google it and see what happens. And so you were styling yeah, him. Single only brought, deal. Only brought three looks for, for three looks. <laughs> for three looks, for three looks. And I remember everyone looking at me like, when th- one look didn't work out. And so you're like, well, they were what like, you now, now what? Right. So where were you that even was getting clothes at that time? Oh, you had to go and buy the clothes because what wow. else? You didn't. I hadn't yet had the time to do the research. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to costume design anything because this was happening really fast. The budgets were really small. But so theater budgets are small, too. And that's where I was coming from. But I didn't even have time. to. It was so it was about going out to the store and buying him some things. And. I, you know, I I only had enough for three. It wasn't about <laughs> filling up your credit card. I hadn't figured it out yet. Right. But I knew. Okay. I said, okay, if the things are coming from this, going to the store. Where the where's the store buying it from? So I had to do my re, I did my due diligence mm-hmm. and found out. Okay, you bought this from this showroom, or this was the buyer. Oh. Blah blah blah. And that's how I got myself to the showrooms and understanding how things were being worked. Yeah. Then I moved into editorial and understanding how that works. So bringing the editorial and the high fashion world and the costume design world to music was how I was able to kind of create my brand mm-hmm. as a costume designer and celebrity stylist. I love that. People never people never realize um, everything you do plays a part and it's part of your like someone else had once told me it's part of your um narrative for your mm-hmm. for your movie script that's what mm-hmm. they call it, the movie script of your life every little thing you do mm-hmm. so what you did in elementary school what you did in high school you might think it doesn't matter but yeah, like you just said me. all of it came back it all came back to me yeah it, well well it made me feel like it didn't make it it made me to, it's easy to feel powerless in a situation that you may not at that moment um feel like you can do or you're winning or you're failing in that yeah. moment. But then as soon as you reflect back into that journey, into that stumble that you made a dance, it, that stumble then becomes a dance and you realize, oh my God, I know this. Yep. You got to trust yourself. Yeah, you got to trust yourself. And I think that Love because it. I was able to trust myself and not afraid to fail, I was able to win in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, listen, there have been many failures, but if you match them up against the wins, they either balance out or they overpower. Either way, it didn't it didn't defeat me. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It only made me when people, you know, I, there's something beautiful about broken glass because if you start to put it back together, it's still it becomes a work of art. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever something in a situation where I'm working with a client and things aren't working out and it feels like it's broken, I never I've, I was I was never a panicker. So you would never see me in a fitting, you know, throwing a shoe at a, an assistant, maybe a chair, but you would never. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would I would never let the client see that there was a sense of 
there was a problem. I feel like so what the poker problem, face was. Re- oh, there's always a problem. What problem do you? I look. Always listen, a problem. I've done fittings and I hate them with a passion. Fittings like, are exhausting. My fittings are like eight plus hours because I'm not a size two. I'm not sample size. So everything is 10 times harder. What problems do you possibly have as June Ambrose styling, say Jay-Z and Beyonce and people like this? What problems do they have? You know, people look at Jay and they think he's so easy. How hard is it to put once they see it all done? Yeah. (laughs) Once they see the evolution of it. And I'm not a girl who fills a bunch of racks for a show and tell to be like, I have pulling power. I'm not. Mm-hmm. A, I'm not a personal shopper. Pulling power—that's a so, thing. So, yeah. Well, yeah. You you just want to fill some racks, like you oh, know. Goodness. But then when you get the clothes in the room, it's like none of it really makes sense right. for the story that you're trying to tell. Right. It's nice to kind of have an idea of where you want to go, maybe even five years from now. In that oh, moment, that's true. People don't think that far ahead. But as you're developing someone's character, you have to think about the character. Where is this character going to go? Where are we going to see this guy? You know, in five and ten years. And Hmm. that comes in the planning of developing an artist, helping someone to character develop themselves. And it's such a personal thing. It's such a long journey, in a sense, that no one will credit you for it because it takes time. But I think there's so many wins along the way that you can just kind of, you can sleep at night. You know, the accolades come from, for me, the accolade doesn't come from that artist saying, publicly, oh my God, June Ambrose is my stylist. I don't need you to do that. Mm-hmm. What I need you to do is to impact the culture and I need to mm. see things change. And your clients on a, always. On a, bigger, on a bigger scale, right? So when we can move the needle at retail, when we can move, when you see young urban boys walking around in, you know, in suits and putting on a button-down shirt with jeans, you know that you've made an impact on the culture. When you know that hip-hop you know, you look at a guy like Nas who comes from Marcy Projects and he's comfortable in a pink suit and white shoes. You know that you've made you've made a statement, i.e., you know, a Busta Rhymes hip hop being not being afraid to be commercially animated and, mm. and become um, part of the things that we sat down in front of the TV for years and watched right. cartoon like things that made us happy and laugh right. and feel good. At the end of the day, music is, you know, it's battle music, hip hop music, whatever it is. It's role playing. And it's not really, it was never really about, gangster music should have never been about the lives that were lost. Right. Gangster music was more, should have been more about the poetry and the storytelling of the, the it, it was the film that would, was being made and pl- being played out in real life in the inner cities. You weren't supposed to bring that real narrative, make that real. That was supposed to be a movie that was being made. Mm. And that was it. And things changed along the way. We lost some lives because yeah. people forgot that it's, that we're, that it's not it's not real <laughs> like when you had hip hop battles and there's yeah. one going on now mm. um it was about the verbal assault yep and verbal assaults have been going on and the storytelling and the storytelling i mean it's like your comeback was verbal it was mm-hmm. never physical right you know and i feel like we're back at that time when we're battle music and yeah. all that stuff i hope so because that's when people really were passionate about it and it was more fun. Yeah. We were like, who's gonna make the hottest music video? Yeah. Who's gonna get the hottest number one record? I feel like we've lost a passion for that. Either I've removed myself from it or I just don't feel that it exists. Well, like you know, the music to. industry is totally different. So that's not what the music industry is based again. on. I don't know what happened. Mainstream happened and yeah. it's it's okay, but it, we you're gonna lose some things along the way, but you're right. 
we're kind of getting back to it a little bit if a little Nikki, bit. if Nikki <clears throat> responds. Just saying. I don't know that she will. Just saying. <laughs> I, I don't know that she will. I mean, you know, if you if you don't put yourself in the same atmosphere as someone, if her if her mindset is I'm not I'm better than this person, well, then you don't need then she's not going to respond. Well. That's what the audience has to recognize. If you don't, if I'm getting into a fight with you and you, you like ready to pull out a a, a gun and, and I have a knife, I'm a, I'm be like, child, I can't win this fight. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not but, gonna I'm not gonna try to even fight again, you because it, I don't even have like I don't have a gun. But this is what I have fuck, a knife. This is what fuck master. <laughs> I have a nail flex file. Said. You thought it was a knife. I have a nail file. Right, and I I get it. We we, we what's have flex is totally take? different weapon weaponry. I get it. What's flex however have to flex say? says if you're going to call yourself the queen of rap, Nicki Minaj. Then you have to defend your I crown. Agree. I, I and agree. this is hip hop. This is I this agree. is rap. This is not pop. And now if this was but pop, he also like, said, Nikki, you're a pop artist. I heard him say that too. And and she is. And she gets upset when people call her that. And it's but like it's, you can't have it both ways. Exactly. It's like you can't be exactly. a celeb. You can't be a celebrity. And that not want to sign an autograph or take a photo. I'm sorry, it comes along with the it job. It comes with it. And if you're out publicly, that's kind of what comes along with the right. job, too. The, oh, no, 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 not now. I'm having right. alone time. Yeah, well, you should have alone time in private. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it, there's a, there are boundaries. Don't get me wrong. Right, right, right. But I feel like, you know, a fan has such high expectations for someone. And I... I play both sides of this, and I'm speaking from experience of being celebrated and also being behind the scenes oh, yeah. and watching the rise from and the fall beginning. Absolutely. of people who don't recognize the honor and privilege it is for people to celebrate them for something that really they're just saying, you made me feel so good. I just love you for that. Yeah. Who knew that clothes and images and music and, and, and the things that I was doing could even make people respond that way? Right. Who knew, right? But I knew... I had a responsibility to the culture early in my career to make powerful, impactful images that were not just about playing dress up. Right. They were about moving the culture forward. Mm. Because if I was, if it was for me just putting clothes on them, I would have bought Jay a jersey. I would have bought all of those hip hop artists that I had worked with along the way and R&B artists and also boy bands that wanted to be black, Mm. the Backstreet Boys and all those guys. I'd have bought them urban culture I would have bought them what we know saggy jeans and a jersey and I'd have been like to me that's not moving us forward that's not not, moving us forward that's not storytelling that's not aspirational that's present well answer this why would I put puffy in a shiny suit if I didn't think we were eventually (laughs) if I didn't think that Chanel was going to land space shuttles on the runway in Paris this Ah. season why you know why you know the things that you have to think Jetsons Mm -hmm. the cars will fly yeah Artificial intelligence is happening. Yeah. This has all been for... So that's where you get your inspiration. It's like the future, like what's going to happen in real life. What's going to happen? Let's bring that to fashion. I think Kanye was onto something with... With what? What is Kanye possibly Kanye was, I'm telling you, remember we had this conversation, you know, the feeling of loss, the feeling of decay... The feeling of, I'm just going to wear worn, tattered sweats. I don't care. You know, there's the, the, it was a, it was an era of, and it was really what apocalyptic, how he was feeling was go, what was going on culturally. That in makes his, perfect sense. It makes sense. Why didn't what he, he felt that? was happening in the music business. Maybe he couldn't articulate. Maybe he didn't. Why are you artic- articulating this better than Kanye and I, I may not be getting it right. And Kanye could speak for himself, but this is how, from an artistic perspective, mm-hmm. as a consumer as well, this is how I saw, I interpreted his storytelling. 
See, and it's my job to be sense. able to interpret right. you know, musicians and get inside their head mm-hmm. and think for them and help them to evolve an idea. That's always been my job. So I think that's where my skill set lies in being able to really help people to hone in and discover themselves and develop you know, some of the ideas they may have and also be able to bring them you know, right. some ideas as well. I think that those collaborative things have really been uniquely um, what makes me me. And I think I always say to young, you know, stylists coming up, what what makes you so special? You know, you have to ask yourself that question every day. I look myself yeah. in the mirror every day and I have to tell me what makes me special so that I'm not looking for someone else to validate mm. who I, who and what I am. If I can't determine that and, and you can't look inside of yourself and answer those questions, then you need to really take a moment, have some alone time and discover oneself before you look to try to help someone else evolve their life. I know who that. you are. Love that. Were you the what? What? When did you come in for like Jay and Nas and Missy? What stage did you come in because they were all rocking, including Missy, yeah. were all rock, rocking jerseys and I, Tims and things like that. I well, I worked with Jay from I mean from inception. Like I, um, and we're talking about Jay Z by the way. Yeah, <laughs> before he had the label, I was before he was at Def Jam as an artist. I worked with Jay when he had his record label, mm-hmm. and he had um, Chris John, and they had uh, him and Damon had artists that they were developing, and okay. I worked with them then. And then when Jay became an artist, then I worked with Jay as an artist, um, and Damon was taking more of the the. So you were to blame when Dame got mad in that elevator when he said, "Oh, so you're not gonna wear a jersey no more? You are gonna wear a suit now?" <laughs> when they had that argument in the elevator. Perhaps. I didn't even know. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's oh that's God. when Rock Damon had Rock so many arguments. Fell apart. He said so that was arguments. the moment that he knew Rockefeller was done. Whenever he stepped into an elevator, they were both at a meeting. He stepped into an elevator. Jay Z was already in there. Jay had on a suit. Dame still had on his you know jersey throwback. Yeah. Lot of what people have to understand is Jay had on a suit even when he was not in a suit. Mm. You know seeing and recognizing a man, you know, being part of, you know, being able to create images and, 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 and putting words to style is being able to see someone. I have to see through you. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to understand and see you, not see the artistic you and then see you. Mm. And I, I, I saw him from inception. I've seen most of my clients. I mean, I worked with Missy from inception Mm -hmm. From I worked with R. Kelly from uh, You Remind Me of My Jeep, Inception. Oh, yes. I believe I can fly uh, down low. I mean, I mean the the I've done over two hundred music videos in my career. That is crazy. Right? I worked with Buster when we started doing. Um, I didn't do New School with Buster, but I did put Trans Where Your Eyes Can See, mm-hmm. um, Give Me Some More, um, uh, Pascal Cavassier. I mean, like, early two you thousands. Know, yeah. In the night, late nineties, late nineties, early two, Puffy, yep. shiny suit. That's when I started working with Puffy and Bat Boy and Mace and um, and all and, and one twelve and Carl Thomas and you know. So I mean, I put Puffy in his first chinchilla and Fred Lathan diamonds for Fashion Rocks. Yes, I was on the video when he met J Lo. We you know brought J Lo over to the trailer. Wait, which video was that? Um, that was oh my god, been around the world. Yes, and he was talking about her. Yeah, love it. So um, <laughs> that was my video. Yeah. So the so, <laughs> um, but you have to be able to see them, and I feel that you know Jay's persona on the street. We don't. You never wanted to lose that. Mm-hmm. He was always a CEO. 
You know, he, he belonged in the suit. He, he was just finding the right shoulder as he evolved as a man, as an artist, as, as a person. You know, you go from a, a Giorgio Armani soft shoulder to the evolution of a strong Tom Ford shoulder. I mean, it's completely night and day. Uh, you know, my, his first suit was a suit that I designed. It wasn't an Armani suit. It was something because we hadn't gotten into the house of Armani just as yet. You know, we were in Jamaica shooting videos on boats. You feeling it? You know, and I was designing linen yellow suits and we were all, you know, like, and we came back, we can't knock the hustle. We got, um, I got into the house of Armani. And that was a, that was triumphant because my goal was to bridge high fashion and urban music. Yes. And it wasn't to, you know, it wasn't like, you know, even with, when I worked with Mariah, it was about the emancipation of, when I emancipate, the emancipation of Mimi. It was about getting high fashion to trust that she could be a muse again because mm-hmm. she had, and there was a time when high fashion didn't want to, you know, um, had worked with her because she was oh, notorious for cutting stuff up and blah, blah, blah. Ooh. So like, you know, but it was just her, that was just, she wanted to fit, she wanted, it, it wasn't right for her. So she wanted to make it right for her. They weren't happy about that. But the way you get, the way you you get around that is you design it yourself. What your stylist is- and your designer should have been opposed to cutting up someone's high fashion piece. Create it yourself. What you're saying is she wasn't sample size, so she tried to make herself. No, fit most into people it. aren't sample size. I mean, a sample size is for a fetus, a newborn. <laughs> I mean, how many, you know, average, you know, real life people are fitting into, you know, zero zero. I, don't I mean, know. let's be realistic. I mean, it's so not crazy. it's not even fair, that kind of pressure. So to no fault that she was a real woman. Right. You know, I mean, it's just what it was. But they they will they come around, they make stuff for you. You know, yeah. I, I, when I worked on, when I costume designed Belly, which is... Uh, My favorite <laughs> hood classic of all time. And I dare somebody to say something movie. different. Yeah, I told I, I said, after, I've never done a movie after you. This is what happens. You kind of think he damaged me. No, it was like so... Everything. But, you know, you fall in love with DMX. You know, you fall in love Been with... Been in love. You know, you, a guy comes into your, into your uh, pre-production office and he has a a chain that you would lock a gate with around his neck. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the director's like, this is your star. And you're like, you're shitting me. <laughs> what am I going to do with that? <laughs> no, he's barking at you. He's growling. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, somebody's punking me. I'm like looking around like, you are bugging. I was like, can I talk to you outside, please? <laughs> I was like, and he was just the most incredible person to work with. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just, he didn't get it you really pregnant, reminds so that's you, good. Yeah, Walter. Because he gets everyone pregnant. Really? He has 15, he just had his 15th kid. Oh, I don't know when X started doing that, but he wasn't doing that while working on this movie. Clearly but he I, was. No, I went to his wedding. I went to Which his we- wedding? His first wife. Oh, okay. Oh, Tashera. Tashera. Oh. I was at the wedding. The father came into where my dog's at, went to a full James Shut Brown up. split. Stop, stop. It was no. everything. I bought them both his and her Movado watches. Wow. Um, you know, they got had a very beautiful they wedding. They walked down the aisle to where my dog's at. Girl, they Goodbye. came into the reception. They came into the reception to where my dog's at. Goodbye. That was like, you know, that was that was the first hip hop love affair. It was what it was like it's a saga. <laughs> yeah, while well, he does have fifteen kids. I didn't even yeah. know people make He just had his fifteenth um a couple months ago. How many mothers later? Different mothers? Oh, too? we can't we lost count. Yeah, well. We didn't even try to count that. You know. Anyway, I love that. That's also when I fell in love with Nas. Around that belly time. Yeah. <laughs> Nas was great for belly yes. too. He was sitting a seer. Are you still styling him? No. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. He looks great. He um, does look good. I mean, he has not aged. 
He's Benjamin Buttons. What is going? Him and Pharrell, like what it's the hell? Unbelievable. The stem cells, I tell. You. <laughs> no good. I think when you, they peace of mind. Every, yeah, you know. but they also weren't like not drinking and not not doing drugs. Like they were leading that rock star life. Not, maybe not. Pharrell. Not as hard. Maybe not Pharrell. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've never seen them do any hard drugs like oh, okay. cocaine on the table. They oh. weren't those guys. I've seen Naj drunk off his ass. Yeah, but the guys Just would have a little year. brown juice, a little. Just Kibasie, last year. a little Hennessy, a little whatever the thing, the Ciroc, the pea juice, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> I've never had a drink, but I've been the sober drunk in a room watching them consume the libations throughout my career. <laughs> I've had to pick them off of many floors. Stop. <laughs> I do not tell. I do not tell. Mm. Um, what's been the longevity, like the key to longevity for you? Um, knowing that I was as good as my last job, knowing that you know, you have to be conscious of the fact that you always have to be, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you have to be better. You have to be better than this person because you are this. Yeah. You know, we, we're always going to be something to mm. someone or culture. Mm -hmm. So I have to always remind myself that I have to push myself harder because I'm this. It's you true. know, you don't share what you are to others because that will be um, giving them the power. You know what you are to self, and you work on rising, continuously rising above what someone could say you are, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and then you evolve out of that at every turn. I think the longevity for me is knowing that I have to grow, I have to change, that I, there's, I'm so curious still about life. And my career, I feel like I'm starting it all over again as I, you know, go into other areas of the, of the business and I grow and evolve, I always feel like I'm, I always felt like I was at the beginning of something. Mm. So that kept me humble. And I always like going into rooms that I'm, that I'm not the most popular or known. And the I continue, I, I love being the small fish in a big pond. I think this a sense of humility, like the last couple of weeks I spent in Hollywood with the Hollywood, with, with Black Hollywood. And it was like, you know, big actresses, big black actresses in the room and producers and writers. And it was so inspiring because no one, you know, like at the end of the day, no one is going to help you and no one cares really about please you. Please let these readers, please let the, the listeners yeah. know. You no know, one it's cares. Like, yeah, they said we have to unify, we have to come together. But that's a, that's a, a beautiful godly notion. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I always have to, t I always tell people, no one's going to help you. No, ever. And I only say that so that you can do the work. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you feel like someone's going to help you get this done, you immediately start to sit back and your shoulders and your core get mushy. And nothing gets done. And nothing gets done because you know that, oh, this person's going to help me. She's going to introduce me to this. And we are going to do that. We, as a culture, I think that we are starting to communicate and share more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm here. I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. And that's part of showing up and being there for when you, your sisters and your brothers call on you. Culturally, that is part of us growing Absolutely. upward and outward. So that part is, is happening However, the seeds that we have planted, and even though that they're, they're blooming and things are happening, we still have to recognize the fact that other people can come and chop that tree down. Mm -hmm. That's one. And that we also have, we have, the, you know, we have to manifest the fruit of our labor. We still have to do the work. We talk about this we every week on this podcast. Like people, and this goes back to the intern thing, you have to do the work in order. You can be the most you might think that you, okay, I already have a show, I have books, I have mm -hmm. this, I have 
umpteen years in this it's business, nothing. clearly I can get X, Y, Z. No, you yeah. still have to work. You still have to make calls. You still have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I still, you know, it's really humbling when, you know, you know, people would think, oh, she's the person, the underdog that's trying to get to where you are. is going to look at your life and think it's like so amazing. And then you, as you know, you're looking at someone else's life thinking that that's amazing. And, you know, we're all fans of, we all celebrate others. Right. I mean, we've stood on shoulders of so many to get mm-hmm. to where we are. What's really disheartening is when you don't recognize the power that you have simply from a one minute of the second of that person that admires you. So offering them that quick smile, nice to meet you. In that moment, that's all you have to do. You don't have to take time to talk to them. But simply acknowledging that they exist is sometimes all that you need and need to do. Yep. Because me being gracious to the person that admires me simply says to that person, wow, she's so successful and she took the time to just respond back to me. That is, that is, that is a tide. Yeah. It makes the person feel like maybe I'm maybe I, I you, can keep going. I don't going. owe you full consultation, right? <laughs> to tell you how to get your career started, right. I, I I simply I don't have the time, right? I would love to. Well, it's not your job. I would think. I mean, listen, I want to give as much as I can, right? But simply, I'm still I'm still I'm working. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, but I've given you enough reference to try to figure it out. Yep. But what I won't, what I think, what I won't allow is ever being approached and not being gracious gravitas is so important and i'm only speaking from even recently walking up to someone and saying hi i'm june ambrose i I admire what you're doing i'm such a huge fan and that person dismissing me no not you a woman and a black woman who was it um i'll tell you i'll tell you i'll tell you off because i i love i watch her things you know she's incredible she's maybe it's just maybe it's just a person she's a very introverted person okay Mm -hmm. but when you have to recognize when you're being (laughs) celebrated you have to recognize that you you know and you understand this as a a a blog someone who's blogged and Mm -hmm. who's come from behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and who's been on television that feeling of trans that almost like the transparency and you feeling awkward and it feeling a little overwhelming, but you pulled yourself together real quick (laughs) because at the end of the day, you'd make the decision to step from behind the curtain. And if you've made that decision, when those, when those, when that celebration comes, you knew in that moment that you had to be gracious. Oh, absolutely. Some people still are trying to figure that out. Mm. And I just, you know, I, it's a, it's I don't I don't like to judge. So in that moment when it happened, I said, this is not about me. I closed my eyes and said, this is not about me. This is not about me. And I walked away. I could have said. She doesn't think I'm good enough to speak to. I could have developed this chip on my shoulder. I immediately said this was about her. And Mm. I walked and I walked away still feeling still feeling Shakisimo and still feeling like I was. (laughs) Popping in the room in my in my bold yellow. Yeah. But this is, you know, but these are things that keep you humble every day. There's someone who doesn't know who I am. That's humbling. That's good. And being humble is not a bad thing. Mm. It's a beautiful thing to it feel is. that. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. I think people need to get away from feeling like humility is them being less. No, no, no. But I'm people think that, that way. They think that way. They right. think if I'm humble, then I'm not 
I'm not big time. I'm not I'm not confident. No, you, you can work, be humble and confident. You work with one of the most humble people in this game, Beyonce, by the way. I don't work with Beyonce. Well, but I, I you know what I mean. But I she is dear to my heart. And she, you know and what I, I work mean. with her husband. Yes. And that that puts me in. You worked on the on the run tour. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. It was fun. We, I love being un, un, um, incognito. I love no, I keeping saw, secrets. I went to the Philly. You that were at the Philly fun. show, right? Yeah. Okay, so I no, went was to the I in Philly. No, I think you were. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I went yeah, to I the Philly to show the first couple of dates to kind of see things. And yeah. me and my friends, like literally last minute, because we were all going to be out of town when they were going to be here in New York. We're like, f it, let's just buy tickets for Philly, hop on this train and go. And we have like these bomb seats, like four rows from the front. And I look up and I see June Ambrose's hat, two rows from the front. I'm like, she's I was probably the just on the visit- run tour. I was just visiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you saw me pop up. Just visiting. That was so funny. But how fun is that? Um, yeah, they're, what, they're a great family. Definitely. What, um, have you gotten anything for the twins? No, not yet. I was I thinking about, about it, but I always I like to wait. Wait for what? I like to see little faces. I'm gonna wait and see what their personality like, yeah, is. Yeah, like the first gift I bought Blue, I actually she still has it. It's what like is something it? You have to think about what is it? You can what tell us it? now. No, I think it's it's just because it was something for her. It was like that thing, you know, like, like you, a blue tiara. No, I mean it was <laughs> no, it was something, and I'll tell you when we go. Uh, <laughs> No, it was something that, like, you know, I think that a gift should be something that you see for them in the future or what you think a little girl should be. And this was, I found the perfect thing that made me, that spoke to who I had prayed and wished that she would become. Because when you're growing up in this bubble and with two parents that are, you know, so successful and so um, rec- highly recognized, you can only pray for a child to have a sense of self and not feel trapped and be free. Yeah. And um, and she has such a great, she is that. We I can just, tell. I, we love it's her. It's just, they've done such a tremendous job at really giving her a normal whatever we whatever normal could be right but normal as could, normal as possible she's she's a, you know when you raise your kids to be great caring kind citizens that is yeah really the biggest job well of speaking of that you are a mom to two kids yeah. and i've met them teenagers and, jesus they're well, both teenagers well summer's gonna be turning 13 in stop June. yeah and i chance can't. is turning 16 i can't yeah my son is turning 16 <sighs> okay so summer Crazy, and chance right? are honestly okay so we we've gone shopping together with yes. the kids there went to the louboutin store i was like yes. she bring and they were, yeah, yeah and you were like what am i gonna do are they gonna be over it what are we doing we went to brunch and they were fine, right? They, When I tell you, and I even told you this there, I was like, they are some of the most well-mannered kids I have ever seen in my life. That's and they definitely crazy. weren't 16 yet. They no, were, no, no. They were, yeah, they were like young. five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, just so great. And you put them on Instagram and on yeah. Snapchat and on everything. And they're just, they have their own Instagrams or like Instagram stars of their own, in their own right. They're so great. So you're clearly am, a perfect mom. I'm extremely <laughs> blessed. I have flaws, but I think my flaws are kind of, what gives me character as a mom. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like I saw this whole Rock Mom Chronicles and yes. that movement, and I think that, you know, there's something to be said about someone being able to own that title because as we know it, like moms weren't celebrated the way they should be. And when you think about the fact that we were the first home that a man and a, and a woman, you know, a child is, has had inside of us, mm-hmm. it's such a, to me, there's no higher 
being. Like we mm-hmm. are the most incredible humans, women. And I think that, you know, I wanted to celebrate the fact that we, we all have moms, whether they're living or have moved on. We all came from yeah. a woman. Absolutely. So when people are like, well, I don't, there's no one who can't. It's a universal language. My mom rocks. Right. And you could the tell they're, they're so respectful of you and your husband, Mark. And mm-hmm. I mean, just just super respectful. They, they, kids. They're they very conscious and they're very they're very clear. And we're very transparent mm-hmm. about what the struggles are, about like, you know, we don't hide things from them. We don't sugarcoat things. It's like, you know, we're all living in a home together. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're a community. And we I think what what makes it especially raising teenagers, you you respect their privacy, but then you also let them know that there's a sense of inclusivity and that they can talk to you about things that you won't judge. You know, the big thing is, okay, this is a no judge zone. There may come some, there may be some, uh, I may give you some advice that you may not want to hear, right? but it's a no judge zone. I'm not going to judge you for it, but you know, we try to, we try to keep the lines of communication. Well, because you're such a creative, is there ever a time where, especially now that, Oh, goodness. Summer is about to be a teenager, full fledged teenager. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that's off limits, creative and image wise for your kids Um, in terms of them seeing or wearing both? Yeah. No, I mean, listen, my kids have seen teenage girls rated R movies. We 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 talk about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. There is the Internet. Yeah, they're going to see it. What they're going to learn about sex and all these other things on the internet from people that they don't know versus us sitting watching a movie and them seeing kind of we know about transgender we know about homosexuality this is the real world good and they know we have gay couple friends with children we have they know what a lesbian is they know what a gay man is. kids accept that so much easier because they grew up in that time you know what i mean yeah now the the, yeah they 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 get it you know and you and kids you can't you can't judge right so I just think that we, in terms of what like they want to wear and what their decisions are, I think that osmosis is really important when you're raising children. Understanding that everything that they see and consume, it's part of their development. Yeah. So I have been very selective and protective about the people that are around them and where, oh, okay. we, where they go and who they hang out with. Mm-hmm. And not in a way where I'm like, you can't be with this person. Right. But they're watching us to see uh-huh. how we choose. Uh-huh. And they understand the caliber and what we what we feel is respectful in terms of how someone lives their life. And I think they they get a sense of that. Like my son avoids he doesn't want any problems or any. So if there's a group of kids who think doing some craziness, he could, he recognizes when something's nuts. And my daughter has a very good sense of self, her body. She doesn't like tight clothes. She wants to wear baggy clothes. She's very aware, and mm-hmm. she's like. You know, she doesn't feel the sense to be trendy. She's not a fashion whore. She's not asking yeah. me for Gucci or Chanel. <laughs> she doesn't care about any of that and stuff. And she helps you intern over the summer. Yeah, she, that's she, so cute. She's about get, she's a businesswoman. Love it. She's always starting a new business. She's about her money. She, you know, she's she's gone to culinary school for a couple years now over the summer. Wait a minute. Yeah. Speaking of culinary school, mm-hmm. you stay cooking on Instagram. So <laughs> we got to eat. All, no, but no, you're making gourmet. <laughs> no, this is not hamburger helper. This is gourmet meal. She's like, oh, got to make the lamb chops for the kids lunch today. It's like, what? So my keep kids' palates are retarded. They are so sophisticated. Their palates. Keep it real. They is do this, not eat sandwiches. Is this Blue Apron or is this from no. scratch? No, I'm cooking from scratch. Who wakes up at 6 a.m. to make lamb chops for their kid's lunch? Me, because if I'm not going to get home in time for dinner, I got to be able to have them have something to warm up. That's so nuts to me. No, it's 
this producing. You have to produce. I don't know how you do it. You have to produce. Oh, you're a producer. You know what it is. And when you have your family, you will pr- you will Probably. find yourself producing. <laughs> you will. Probably because it's it's just a na- it's a skill set. And when you think about when you when you're plating a meal, for me, it's an accessory. Mm-hmm. If I want to add flavor to something, I'm adding things with color and taste. That's mm-hmm. styling. Everything's Isn't art that for styling? you. And I Isn't love that. that. Yeah. That's so artsy and so smart. But it makes it less of an anxiety for me because I can get anxious really quickly. Yeah. And I get overwhelmed because yeah. I'm human. So I, things that this make me anxious. you. Yeah. This makes me, this honestly in the kitchen is where I find, and I could do it with my daughter. We spend time together. Yeah. We have it in common. Are you coming so out like, with a cookbook? Like if she's not in fashion. You need to do it. Everyone's book. asking about this cookbook. Just you do know, it. I, I mean, I, have to, I think that the fan base needs to be enough to to make it worth the while. A cooking blog or something. Tia yeah, Mowry, well, I love a Tia Mowry has a cooking show. Who knew she could even cook? Yeah, but you know, the producers, they, you know, like, I gotta, you gotta create it for myself because. You know, you those girls can partner. It's easy to partner with people when you have when you're on television consistently. And people, just whether give you have things. the skill yeah. set or not, yeah, a that's lot of true. things. I from when I had my TV show, things came to me. When you don't have a show, things don't come. So you you have to work different, and you recognize that you have to whatever you want. You have to go out and get because they're not going to the, the way they came before will not come as that's easy. That's so true, and it's the reality. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying, oh, well, Tamara's fam- more famous than me. She gets it, but it's true. You know I know. It's true. We've been in these rooms together. You know I know. It's true. Um, really quickly, have you ever walked out the house looking bad? Yeah, child. No, you haven't. I have. I have where my guy looks at me, he's like, you look nuts. What's your definition of bad? A Gucci sweatshirt and leggings? No, it has nothing to do with a label because... I'm not consumed with labels. But like frumpy. Like, do you ever look frumpy? Because but frumpy most moms. For me, frumpy for me is a sense of, it's an emotion. It's a good feeling. <laughs> I'll put on my slides. Okay, I'll put on my sweats and my slides. But then a But you have on a fire. I like drama, right? Yeah, because, but that, this is why I try to tell people frumpy is a, a state of mind. Oh, okay. If you, if I'm in my slouchy, you know, sweats, I'm going to have my sweats on with like my chemo. Quilted kimono or my fur coat and a t-shirt and a lid or you can add punctuation pieces to make something that's really like kind of blah into bah. You know, it's like no, you can and <laughs> no, anyone can. It, it, it simple as a pair of big glasses. Try it. You put on some sweats and a pair of big glasses. and People are like, oh, she's so chic. Jackie Onassis was everyone has a day where you just saw you. It's a, a off duty, but you you're not really, <laughs> you know, but you're because your style is so instinctive. And that's what I want to kind of train consumers and people like as when you know when I design collections for consumers in the marketplace I want to get them into the mindset that you're in control of how this narrative plays out I'm 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 just aiding and embedding you with these great pieces is there any is there any celeb that you're like they need my help right now yes I mean yeah this oh god name one Ooh, now yeah they need my help Ooh. I know there's someone, man or male or female. You do both. Yeah, I enjoy women. Um, I enjoy women because they're a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, ooh, ooh, you got me stumped. Uh, they need my help. I know. I'm like a singer and actor. You know, it's it's like you know, singer and actor. Who looks crazy? A Maybe you say somebody star. and I say yes or no. <laughs> 
You know, it's like it, it could be people can it can be it could feel very offensive, you know, to someone if you if you, you say that they, they need have, your help. You see them as like mm, they, they have, have potential, potential, but you need me. But they can evolve and they can grow. And I know there's someone on the tip of my tongue who I'm like, ooh, this person. I, I love up and comers too. Yeah. Um. Who's on the rise? Well, we'll, like, come back. we'll come back. We'll come back. Who's um? Who's your? Give me your top three style icons, and we'll wrap it up. Ooh, top three style icons, dead or alive. Most of them are dead. You know what? Um, top five. Oh. Everybody loves the top five. Okay, so let's do a top five. Okay, I I live for um um Nina Simone was fierce. Ooh yes. Um um. Edith Head, there was something about her, and a lot of people don't know about Edith Head, but she was a costume designer. She was like, Google it. Um, uh, Diana Ross, Shakissimo Classic. Um, 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 Faye Dunaway, Shakissimo. Um, did, did I say Eartha Kitt? No. <laughs> Eartha Kitt. I love this. This is like And all Diane Carroll. And a plus one. And a plus one. It's all like the vintage Hollywood glamour. I love, I love Hollywood glamour. Mm-hmm. I love. I love what those women stood for. I loved when they traveled, they cared. You know, there's just, yeah. I don't think we'll ever really have that time again. Because at, le- at leisure, it's, you know, the new sophistication. <laughs> but like, it can, it can, I mean, you love Rihanna and she's like the queen oh, of athleisure. Love her. The queen. Who do you follow? Speaking of that, who do you follow on Instagram for fashion? Because we all follow oh, you. So who fashion. do you follow? I, I Well, I follow like the magazines uh-huh. and like, the, the, I like the photographers, the sectorial photographers oh, who do okay. street style in Europe. Oh, yeah. They're the ones, honestly, I really love watching how people who are not pursuing fashion define their looks. And you see that through street style. I think there's something so fascinating about that. Oh, that's cute. I like yeah, that. Those are the people that I love. Um, have you ever styled someone and it was, you were like, this is bomb like y'all at the house like they're about to go to i don't know golden glows whatever some big red carpet and they just you just know it's bomb then they get on the carpet and you see these red carpet pictures and you're like mm. mortified like for some reason it just didn't translate it yeah, didn't it read well, well you, people you know we're in 2017 you take photos before you leave out of the <laughs> that too you take your photos of different angles and you see how the dress is going to photograph you do that at the home during your fittings <laughs> Some people don't care if it doesn't photograph. They felt good in that moment. Yeah, they they owned it. But in, have you in ever been time. like embarrassed? Like, has that ever happened to you in your career where you're like, of course, this was a fail. So many times, but it's like it's part of like it's a stumble. You make it part of the dance, but like shocking over it. One time I put Missy in a uh, head to toe golf outfit, and they were like, she looks. She was, <laughs> they were like, this is the most hideous thing ever. Next season, Dior had it on the runway plaid kilts and cleats. Of course. And when the kids were reading me, I was like, child, whatever. You have to have conviction sometimes and yes. just be like, whatever. And there have been many times and many things I've done where people just didn't get it. And it's okay. And it's okay for you not to get it. And it's okay for it to be wrong. It doesn't make me not talented. Right. What it makes me is it makes me a uh, risk taker. It, it makes that's right. And good and good and naughty women always make history. Always. Always. It's a great closing. <laughs> so no we're gonna do um i don't care they're telling me to hurry but i'm not gonna hurry because i have this is this is june ambrose so we're gonna do what we want um okay so real quick a dream client you have yet to style 
Right, you, you're going to get this uh, question out of me. But this is more, um, not even somebody that needs your help, just a dream client. They might already have a stylist. They might already be great, but who's just a dream client? I mean, you've already had all the top A-listers, but there has to be somebody. I mean, and I've worked, I wanted to work with Carrie. I worked with, I loved working Carrie with Carrie Washington? Yeah, because she's my twin. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be her. so cute. We worked together. We had a really good time. For like a magazine a cover, shoot? yeah. Oh, that's cute. Oh, she's very lovely. Um, and we're both Bronx girls, so it was dope. Yes. Um, like Michelle Obama. Yeah. I'd hang out with Michelle. Yeah. Um, give me five items. There you items. go. Thanks. This one, he's got his hat on. He's out the door. <laughs> <laughs> give me five items every woman must have in her closet every season, no matter what. Yes. Every season. A new bra. Because, honey, if you're You support, ain't never lie. Girls don't know to throw them shits away, honey. Yes. After one to two years, yeah, throw it away. You got to keep it moving. I like, to, I like to do a bra upgrade six months, a year. You yes. Just, you, it's a, lingerie shopping. is it, Foundation is key. Town shop is my favorite place, by yeah, the way. Because you are well endowed. <laughs> and your breasts are always in place. You keep your meat neat. And I think that's super important. Do you notice that every, Jakar, do you notice that every guest? <laughs> Tell you keep your meat neat. They, they say something about my boobs. I don't know what it is. Every single really? guest. Because they're sitting on the table. Like you can see them. There's your face and tits. What else is there? <laughs> right now. I'm like, <laughs> so say your calves are great. behind the table. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so funny. No, it's nice because an ill-fitting bra can really spiral your oh, whole situation. Yes, it can. You know, and a bubble body. All those. I mean, listen, even the skinniest girls can go awry. You right. know, like nipples too sharp you know things like that anyway, um i think a a, a sharp suit mm. a woman should own a sharp because that can be worn as separates and it's really so versatile so tailored yeah, yeah so tailored and you know if you're gonna and i and i love a crisp like white shirt okay but like oversized oh yes you know what i mean like it's just something about it it just feels kind of like effortless and it could be silky too it doesn't have to be like it could mm. be silky or crisp so it could be like a silk white blouse or off-white cream blouse i just and think those are more. like two more stables and then a, a great pair of fitted pants whether it's a jean or okay. a, a high-waisted trout. What you know, cut leggy. for your jean do you feel? It, that's all based on body okay. type. You know, like that's half the battle. Once you find that pant that fits you just supreme, it might be high-waisted, it may be, it may be, it, it may be a low-rise, whatever your body re- requires, I just think that you should fi- identify what that is and own several of them because it makes your life really easy. I think a really... Uh, uh, I think bike bike jackets or staples are never going to go on mm. style. Leather never, leather ever, bike ever. jackets, leather suede, just something that really mm. beats up well, like a satchel. Did you see Obama and President former President Obama Ooh. in his brown? No, he is still my president. Canale. Is I that am, how you pronounce it? Canale. I am President Less right now. <laughs> Let that be on record. Yes, I stopped at forty four, honey. Hmm. We don't know a forty five. For the first time in history, forty four is greater than forty five. Yes, it How is. About those apples. Did you love his brown leather jacket that he oh! wore to the art gallery? We posted on the YBF.com. Get I in your life. I saw that. It was. And there was so a laughing and, and how funny is it that he wore a very similar outfit we did a side by side in 92 when he was the editor of the Harvard Law Review. He's wearing the same outfit. There's something very renaissance about him, very mm-hmm. nostalgic. I love it. But to me the smile is so classic. I know. I feel like he's really I mean, $60 million book deal. You should be cheesing listen, every day. Listen. You ain't never He's lied. unbothered, honey, living his unbothered. best life. He could have tapped whatever phones, whatever. Sue hmm. me. Okay, this is our last thing that we do with everyone. Fast Fab Five. The first thing that comes to mind. 
Oh, God, that's fun. Do not judge the question. Do not think too hard. Okay, bye, bye, bye. All right. <laughs> Here we go. One thing in your purse you never leave home without. My eyewear. You ever... Have you ever rocked a knockoff because you knew you would get away with it? Yes. <laughs> the worst project or client ever. Worst ever? Yeah. Oh, ever. Jesus. Oh, God. I have to say the name. She was yeah. a female rapper, but she was annoying. That's all I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> what was the project? Like a magazine? No, it was a video. She was mm-hmm. on <laughs> what's, what's the best, the best beauty item to use after joining the Mile High Club? To get yourself together. Oh, the Caudalie Spritz <laughs> refreshers, Shakissimo. Yeah, she makes your whole body come alive. <laughs> so after you get it in that bathroom, yeah. you know what to do. I was do. like, why, who, who did that? Uh, your worst, <laughs> the worst style moment of your career. Oh, my God. Uh, the eye style of myself or on someone else? Either or. I wore this pink cow <laughs> Fendi coat, cow print Fendi coat. <laughs> and you were like, no, never again. Well, then I put it on Nas. No, I put it on. Uh, no, I put it on. Uh, then I put it on. Um, um, Mace, in black and of white. Of course, I wore, wore one it. in pink, and he wore. And then when you look back at the photos, I made a matching hat. I just fucked that him is up. hilarious. It was hysterical. You are so amazing. I just, I can't even. <laughs> this woman is making clothes for people. Like, Thank she you. did not just go out to the showrooms, y'all. Like, she was making things. They didn't have what I was Diddy. looking for. Yes, for Diddy and Mace and Nas and Missy and Mary J and like all these and Alicia and Alicia like we had to make Evans and all my girls are coming back to me. Did you go to the Bad Boy tour? I did, of course. Amazing, right? We 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 spoke. We spoke. Good. Um, anything else? I know you have, you know, HSN line. Your sunglasses line. No more HSN. No more of that. And your Rock Mom collection. Yeah, I have my my pop up shop on my juneambrose.com direct to consumer and then I have my second eyewear collection coming which, oh yeah. well Natasha get a pair yes we need to see you and oh you're gonna love the new collection you have to pick because you she clearly can read no, a person I'll, you tell I'll, me what I'll I need i the frames for you okay thank you and I'll send them over love yes. it yes. yes anything else you want to tell the fabulous readers who love um, you and listeners follow me on Instagram yes and Facebook and Twitter I'm June Ambrose no hey. alias is all the same on every platform. And every up and, and look coming, for that check because it's uh, they're imposters. She's verified, honey. I'm verified. Um, and every up and coming stylist, this is a must listen podcast for you. And I think anybody just up and coming in this industry and especially in the fashion world, my stylists are obsessed with you. My friends who are trying to be stylists are like I just told them like, hey, send me questions for June. Whatever oh, they have any good questions? They, they were like, first of all, <laughs> oh my God, you're talking. I was like, I talk, I know her already. They're we're like, friends. I don't care. We're friends. She's coming to my house for barbecues. We have, we like, have cell she's, phone numbers. Yes, we're, we're cool. So people love you, and I think that this is going to be so helpful no, for them. Thank so you for thank you. Of me. Thank you. And that's all we got, guys. Thanks, Miss June Ambrose, and. We'll talk to y'all later. Y'all know the deal. <laughs> big dollar bill, stay with a paper trail, stay with a hundred mil, big house in the hills, ice cubes on my neck, stay with the money, yeah, in the back, counter stacks, new bands, I'm buying that.